The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Good to have you along for another edition of the Employment Law Show. As you can imagine, Andrew Goldberg is handling all the, uh, well, he's doing all the heavy lifting tonight, basically. I'm just sitting here and uh, steering the ship. He has got your questions answered. You want to call in, ask a question, do so. Call that number, send us an email. And, uh, you know, part of a law firm, San Fugu Tamarca LLP, that is the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. Kid you not, you can Google that and read for yourself. You want to send an email along, do so. So help at employmentlawyer.ca. But, uh, Andrew, lots of stuff to get through uh, tonight, and we'll we'll do exactly that. Chip away at it and, and go for it. Everything you need to know about medical leaves will be part of the show tonight in between the phone calls. But the week that was, what's been going on for you, pal? Uh, well, a lot of the same, very busy, and tons of employment issues out there with this pandemic uh, not subsiding anytime soon. So um, the one thing I did want to talk about today for sure, though, is something that it's come up forever, really, but it has an interesting kind of twist during the pandemic. And that involves uh, people who earn commissions, people who the majority of their pay is premised on commission earnings. And where we see interesting situations is when an individual, they're let go from their job and they're provided with a severance package, right? So we always talk about how you know, a severance package is calculated in terms of months. Uh, you know, is someone entitled to 12 months, 16 months, and usually up to 24 months. But when someone earns commissions and they don't have a fixed pay, so you don't know what it is week in and week out, what is a month worth, right? It's a very interesting question, and, and there's not always an easy answer. So with the pandemic especially, people's commissions have gone all over the place. There are some companies that are struggling, so commissions have gone down. Uh, you know, on the contrary, there are some companies that are doing very well, so commissions have gone up. And when they're let, when someone's let go from their job, you know, the question that we have to ask is how do we reasonably fix what that person should be entitled to over their severance period? And the way we do that, uh, for the listeners out there that, you know, do earn commissions and are curious, is you know, in, in a variety of ways, okay? So the default is, you know, you can't forecast out necessarily. If someone's owed 16 months of severance, you can't, you know, unless you have a magic ball, you're not gonna be able to say, oh, over 16 months, you, if you, you're, you would have earned this much in commissions. So what you would do is you would look at an historical average of what they'd earned over, uh, you know, usually the last three years, sometimes two years. So, you know, if you earned, $80,000 in 2018, 90000 in 2019, 70 in 2020, and it goes up and down a bit, you would just take the average of those three numbers and say, you know, let's use this average and project it forward, right? Um, but on the other hand, there are situations where, you know, someone in 2018 earns, let's say, 50000 and then 1960 and then 2017, uh, 70000 So every year they've gone up $10,000 because they're getting better at their job and they're earning more and more in commissions. So in that situation, an average isn't really fair because you could probably safely say that person will earn more the next year, if not the same as their best year, right? So in that situation, we'd, we'd argue that you know the best year or the last year is the appropriate year to base the severance off of. So it's a very interesting topic because you know, someone could be offered a package of 18 months and on, on paper, 18 months might add up. But the question that always needs to be answered is, you know, are you sure 
that the company's calculating what a month is earned correctly, right? And that's oftentimes what we do is, is try to fix that and work on that. How about a situation where someone who's working either uh, partly or fully on a commission basis and they're let go conveniently before a commission check was uh, was dished out and the company says, well, you know, the commission's not really due yet. That's not due for two months, but we're letting you go now so we don't have to pay for it. Is it not the case where as long as that employee, their, their job is done to earn that commission, the part of the sale is complete on their end. They're just waiting to get the, get the shekels for it. Are they not owed that money regardless? That's an excellent point, and, and certainly they are, right? So what we'll look at is, you know, exactly like you said, if the sale's done, so, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, you close, you're a salesperson, you close on a sale, it's not like that money becomes a, a generated commission right away. You have to wait sometimes till the your company invoices that client. Sometimes the company gives them 30 days, 60 days to make payment. And then once that payment comes in, that's, you know, oftentimes when a company will register it as, you know, the close, so to speak, in the sense that, you know, that commission payment will now go to you, right? Yeah. So as long as, you know, you close the sale and, um, you know, you made the sale rather uh, prior to termination and, uh, you know, you know, and then thereafter, you would very, very certainly be entitled to it, especially if it fell in your in your severance period, right? So then argument's always going to be made that, you know, even if for some reason the company, you know, your client gets six months to make payment, you normally have a six month lag when you see a commission. As long as your severance period spans out six months or more, you'd have a great argument to say that you should get that commission, even though it's six months after you're terminated. And we see that all the time, right? Not only with commissions, but bonus too is a big one. People are conveniently uh, terminated at, um, you know, sometimes bonuses are seldom paid out in the same year that, you know, if a fiscal year goes to December 31st, then the company does their, you know, mathematics on how they performed and how you performed. And they say, well, your bonus should be $9,000, let's just say, and then that's paid out in February. So sometimes the company will say, yeah, let's just let this guy go in mid-January and then just not pay him his bonus and see how that goes. And it's the same situation, right? It's if you earned it, uh, the odds are you're going to get it, whether or not the company wants to give it to you at first or not, will will help you get it. And with the bonus, it's, again, historically speaking, if you've received this bonus like, you know, Clark Griswold for the last 10 years, you're expecting it as part of your compensation, even if you got let go prior to the bonus being paid out, right? Yeah, so so exactly. So that that's the big thing. If, if you it, – it's not always going to be about when the, the payment date is. It's going to be more so about um, did you earn it and – did the payment date fall at a time that you know are you lose in your in your notice period in your severance period so to speak so and that's again another situation where you as an employment lawyer can look at a severance package and you have to always look at more than just months right because sometimes people come in and they should be getting 14 month severance and the company's giving them 14 month severance but you know what they're not giving them the bonus that they earned for the previous year and the bonus that they would have earned over those 14 months. And sometimes we just negotiate for those bonus amounts and that makes a significant difference in uh, you know, our clients' entitlements, even though the, the months stay the same, so to speak, right? right. The email address to uh, to send an email along uh, tonight or any other time for that matter, help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can always use the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. 
all kinds of employment law information uh, listed there. It's absolutely free and anonymous. And wrapped up into that is the trustee severance pay calculator as well. By the way, again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. What else you got going on, pal? Just a lot of the same old, a lot of uh, everything, really. These days, it's just everything. Um, A lot of temporary layoffs, you know, that's always going to be a big thing right now. Companies just want to avoid paying severance at all costs. And in doing so, they're always going to try to circumvent that obligation by simply putting people on layoffs. So no matter what types of files that we're getting day in and day out and people that are calling, a significant portion are, you know, I'd imagine until this pandemic's over, uh, hopefully sooner than later, um, there will be, uh, you know, layoffs are always, always, always going to be an issue, temporary layoffs. And uh, that's a big one. And then another one, of course, would just simply be people, uh, you know, that don't want to work because of the, the COVID pandemic and, you know, their anxieties related to uh, to getting sick, right? So, and they want to know what their rights are. Can they refuse work when and how? And there's so many questions that arise from that. So, we're just fielding as many questions as we can all day. We're we're doing the we're doing a lot here, and we're we're always here for people if they want to call, and and we really do everything we can to speak to everyone. Well, that last point you made kind of dovetails nicely into the uh, the first topic of the evening, and that is everything you need to know about medical leaves. How long can somebody be away from work for a medical reason? <clears throat> well, the reality is, if you well, the first thing to know is, it's not up to you as an employee to determine per se that you require a medical leave, right? If you have things that are wrong with you, if uh, from a medical perspective, I mean, you know, people are smart people. They're going to realize, okay, I have this health issue or the other, but it's not enough for you as an employee to go to your employer and say, look, I have health issues. I don't feel good right now. I'm just not coming to work indefinitely, right? The, the reality is they need to speak to their doctor and they need to get a note from their doctor confirming that they need to be off work. And as long as the doctor supports the fact that they need to be off work, the employee can and should be off work. And the employer can do nothing to you know, force them back so long as the employee has that medical support from their uh, doctor, physician, specialist, whatever. Um, you know, maintaining that that they should be off. So there's no hard and fast deadline and, and people shouldn't worry about uh, having to, you know, come back to work when they're not prepared to. Got to, I'm going to ask you another one here before we uh, we break in a minute or two, and that is, does an employer, the employer that is, have the right to ask an employee for their medical information and a diagnosis? No, absolutely not. Um, and, and this is a, a huge issue, especially for smaller companies, because it's not something that's necessarily intuitive that you can't ask people what's wrong with them and we want to confirm. And, right. you know, it's obviously very invasive, but some, and that should go without saying, but some employers just simply don't understand the law uh, when they're, you know, smaller employers and don't have, you know, proper human resources teams in place that really have had this training. So two things that absolutely not, you never have to give are your diagnosis and medical information. And the reason for that is, the employer doesn't need that. Like it doesn't help them. All the employer needs to know is, do you need to be off work according to your doctor? Yes or no. And really, if so, how long? And, and, and if they are off, is there anything they can do to help bring them back to work? And that's pretty much what it comes down to. 
Yeah, they could do prognosis, just not diagnosis, right? Because that's more important for what they need as far as any accommodation when it's going to be happening later on. But whether it's a, you know a hangnail or, or a, you know bone cancer, they don't have the right to reach out and ask you that question. I totally get that. Let's take a, a short break. Dave, I see you there hanging on the line. We will get to your phone call as soon as we come back and yours as well. The Monday night edition. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. It is Employment Law Show. We are right back at it. Going to get back into our topic here in uh, just a couple minutes. Everything you need to know about medical leaves. In the meantime, though, if you have questions about uh, your employment rights, this is your show. As you know, it's been going on for almost nine years. If you've been terminated, laid off, wrongfully dismissed, harassed at work, experienced changes to your job, human rights issues, or have some other questions about severance, anything, or the COVID, uh, COVID-19 temporary layoffs, bring it on, and uh, not going to make them wait any longer. Dave, thanks for hanging on. How are you, pal? Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, what you just finished saying, you might be able to help me here a little bit. Beautiful. I, uh, I uh, stopped work uh, the week before Christmas because of a operation I'm going in for, and I've already had it. A hip replacement, and but for unemployment insurance, you have to have a a signed thing from your doctor saying, you know, that's what you're off work for. Now, should my unemployment insurance start as soon as the paperwork gets through, and I shouldn't have to wait and and uh, you know ask more questions and or be answering more questions to the government or whatever? Where do I stand? Uh, so, how long have you been off work since before Christmas? You were saying. The the Wednesday before or it was Wednesday of Christmas, I forget. And and then you haven't. Re- oh wait a minute! Okay. It was Wednesday before, two days before Christmas. Okay, and you haven't received any payments since then from your company or or from. No, no, uh, no. You, you I, uh, I I do not have any access uh, to computers or stuff like that. The phone I got on, you flip it open still. <laughs> but hey, I can order a pizza and it gets it gets to the house. What can I say? So anyway, um, I had to get my taxes and stuff done, and I went to this one lady. And the day uh, we were going to meet, her line was dead, disconnected. So I made a phone call, and someone steered me towards a, a very good tax person in, in Newmarket that saved me just a, a crap full of money compared to some other company that I. I used and uh, he had other stuff on his table so it took him a little bit of time to get to it because you only I think have 20 days and I was slightly over so I got the paper from uh, from government Canada there today uh, where you state your reason why it's you're late filing it so but everything's good you know I've worked steady for the last four years non-stop and uh, and uh, so I, I certainly qualify and it's okay you know, five per- days a week and Nine hours yeah. a day. Okay, so, so Dave, I yeah, so I shouldn't have no problem, should I? No, I mean, what 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 you're doing is working. So you want what you what you want to do is contact Service Canada, of course, and the document you're talking about from the employer is something called a record of employment, and they should issue. They, do you have one? It's it's uh, we it's it's been sent on the computer today. Okay. The uh, okay. tax accountant, he's he's done all that. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, use that record of employment. Make sure, you know, you speak to um, Service Canada about 
uh, that you know your medical leave and and your hip replacement everything they should typically be able to work things through even if the employer doesn't do everything spot on they they're used to that so uh, they're a good resource just just you know they you can call them as well you don't need to um, use the computer for that so you should you can certainly call them one thing I'd keep in mind before you go is if you do have benefits with your company a benefits no. plan okay so. That's unfortunate, but just just stick to the EI, okay, and and see and just keep pushing that through Service Canada, and uh, I, I I'm sure they'll work with you there. But they're the, really the only ones that can uh, make that determination at the end of the day. Dave, appreciate the phone call and your time. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Moving on down to uh, to Mark. Hey, Mark, how are you? How are you guys? Good. What's up? Uh, I just like to know uh, if uh, if the government declares. Uh, the government of Ontario uh, declares uh, it a company in Ontario uh, as a uh, state of emergency due to COVID-19. What is the rights of the workers within the facility? Uh, do they are they allowed to go uh, underserve again, or are they allowed? Do they have if they're afraid of working on the job if if, if the the virus is spreading within that company? Okay, so you're talking about a situation where there is a COVID outbreak at the workplace? Yes. Okay, so, and has the, you might not know this, but are you aware of the Ministry of Labor or someone coming in to, to take a look at that or no? Well, I just, this is a hypothetical question here. If it was, Oh, it's a hypothetical question. Okay. If it's, so the, if it's, disclared, if it's the, declared a state of emergency within that company, uh, with, with that, with that uh, the state of emergency being... Uh, declared what what rights do the workers have because it's well, changed now right yeah so firstly there's no more serb benefit anymore okay mm-hmm. uh, so that ended in september in september um but i mean here's the deal what would happen if there was a covid outbreak or there was concerns about covid or safety e- even if there was no outbreak but individuals in the workplace just thought it was an unsafe environment people were too close together no one was wearing masks um you know, there, there weren't proper protocols in place. You know, the appropriate body to, to contact would be the Ministry of Labor to discuss the fact that, you know, there are these safety concerns that need to be addressed, right? And, and absolutely, you're not, you're not expected to be working there at all. And, and payment could flow from that, certainly depending on, you know, whether the employer is compliant or not compliant with its obligations. Also, you know, there are probably situations where if an employer really neglects its obligations uh, from a safety perspective, you as an employee could, you know, if it's if it's that negligent and they really put no care into it, could probably treat that as a termination. You could say that this is such an unsafe workplace and my employer, you know, is not making even remotely the right efforts to take care of this, you know, and the trust is gone, you might be able to treat that as a termination of your employment and actually maybe even pursue a severance package. So it would be situational really because i know it's a hypothetical question but the but the the point is absolutely not you'd not be expected to work somewhere if if it wasn't safe to work at right and the the body who would determine that would be uh someone from the ministry of labor yes like oh, like what i'm saying is if it wasn't really from a company standpoint but it was more from outside uh, uncontrolled sources where uh, the, the system's not handling the situation right and you have people coming in and getting sick and making other people sick that's yes. Yeah, I, I understand. I mean, again, if, if if it's a situation where 
the Ontario government or otherwise has determined that certain companies can remain open and the employer is doing the right things to ensure that there is, you know, a, a sufficient safety mechanism in the workplace. It's not enough that there are cases that exist. Obviously, as the cases grow, uh, the government will react accordingly as it has. And really, it'll cut like as things change, you know, the protocols change and what the government in- instructs of people has changed as well. So really, it's tough to say it's a very volatile situation. So I think yep. it, it remains to be seen. Hopefully, the numbers just go down and this isn't a problem. <laughs> Ideally. John is up next. Hey, John, good evening. Good evening, guys. Um, I have a question for you. I had something happen uh, I've never expected. Uh, I'm off uh, on vacation, but uh, right before I left, my man- my direct manager reached out to me uh, over our messaging system and asked, uh, just due to uh, some of the workload issues we've been having, if I could just cancel my vacation and uh, postpone it, which would actually be against Trump company policy since uh, I had to use it this week uh, or lose it. Uh, this comes after a few months where we, we've had some turnover and uh, another staff member had to uh, use four weeks of leave uh, and that kind of put a lot of strain on uh, my capacity to get all my deliverables out. And I'm just wondering, is there any kind of caution that I should be taking with this, uh, just given that the environment is kind of really getting very uh, tense right now as far as uh, workload balance and uh uh, I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, if there's anything that I have to be careful of uh, down the road that I'm uh, taking, you know, uh, due diligence right now on that. Okay, so to, to, to be clear, you're on the vacation, but they're asking you to return early because the, another individual is not there and, and they're kind of under the gun and swamped and they need your assistance. Oh, they're under the gun because another person was off earlier on in the fall. And, yeah. um, and we had turnover at the same time as well, which meant that uh, that there was knowledge and uh, best practices that I w- that I had pretty much exclusive knowledge for for a few months and was trying to tra- transfer off to the rest of the team. Uh, and so what happened was last week, uh, right before I was about to log off, I had my direct manager reach out and ask if I could stay around. Uh, and I said, no, I've got a, I've got you know things I had already planned uh, anyway this week uh, that I need to take care of on the personal side. And uh, so mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure any way that they could retaliate against this. Uh, you know, is there anything that I have to be kind of careful about? And on the flip side, you know, what are, what are their, you know, what are the, the boundaries that they have to, uh, you know, kind of act within as far as uh, personal leave is concerned? Well, well, yeah, a lot of good questions. Okay, so especially if vacation. Still got you there, Andrew? Uh, I'm still here, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're there, John. We're just waiting for Andrew to, uh, to, uh, to reconnect. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to wait about 10 seconds. If he's not back by then, we'll take a, a short pause. He's to get vacation. Him oh, there he is. Okay, you're back. We lost you there for uh, oh, about 10 seconds there, brother. Oh, well, you, you, you should have jumped in. You know, you oh, know, yeah, uh, sure. That, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, no, sorry about that. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, John, you still there? Oh, yeah, he's still there. Okay, yeah. So, you know, in light of the fact that you've already kind of started the vacation, planned everything out, and um, the policy is that you can take it in the manner that you are, I, the, the employer would be hard pressed to force you to come back, right? If you said no, you know, and the employer didn't like that and retaliated against you, you know, I would certainly argue you didn't do anything wrong. It wouldn't justify, for example, being disciplined or being terminated for a cause or anything extreme like that. Um, and if, if they did try to do anything like that, I mean, we'd certainly, you know, have, you know, have your back on that. And if you gave us a call, but 
ultimately this, this, the uh, decision is yours in that regard. I mean, maybe one option could be if you are prepared to go back a day or two early or something like that, say, look, you know, I'd go back, but, and I know the policies we can't carry over days, but I booked this vacation. You're asking me to cut this off partway through. If you want to, you know, be fair about this, uh, let me carry these days into next year, right? You can maybe find a middle ground that could help smooth it over, even though I don't feel like you necessarily have to, but you know, there's pros and cons of every outcome. So I think you can, you can kind of approach it from that perspective. Okay. That sounds good. And I guess, uh, should I be, should I be doing anything right now as far as uh, if I come back and say a month down the road, they come back and say, well, it's because you took that time off in January that we ended up in this big bind right now. Uh, you know, kind of that kind of discussion comes up. Is there anything I should just be, you know, kind of, you know, just ready for uh, right now and kind of uh, preparing for it just in case it goes down that route down the line? I, I think the reality is, and people need to remember this, is that, you know, your employer can... If they say that, that they have that conversation with you and then they say, you know, you put us in the spine, so we're letting you go or something like the extremely worst example, probably, of, of what could happen. Right. The you know, you could have comfort, at least in knowing that that's not cause like that's not cause for termination because they unreasonably asked you to come back from vacation that you had booked. Um, you know, they might not like it and it might whatever, you might not be doing the ideal thing from the company's perspective, but they can make this decision to let you go at any time. Like you, an employer can let someone go at any time, unless usually it's discriminatory or something like that. And vacation wouldn't necessarily fall under that category. So, you know, I wouldn't worry too, too much. Perhaps if they do get on you about that, about the vacation and how that impacted them, just make sure you put it in writing to them and in writing, remind them, hey, this is what happened look how unreasonable you were being. I, I don't think I did anything wrong here. And if this is your position, fine. But, you know, to put it on me is entirely unreasonable. So whenever you put things in writing, uh, that's going to kind of help your case. John, appreciate the phone call. Look, if you want to reach out, have a further conversation uh, with Andrew, a member of his team, that's no problem. one 821 5900 is the way to do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Mike, thanks for uh, standing by. Good evening. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. I've heard your show, and I maybe ask this question <laughs> to you, maybe not. Out of thirty percent, the company's holding of my RSP or profit sharing. I'm off of work and won't be back. Have you heard anything like that? Uh, sorry, I'm a, I'm a bit confused. So you're you're off of work. Yep. Why are, you, why are you off of work? On a layoff? On a medical leave? No, no. Oh, sorry. No, Doc wrote me off. Medical, it's been going on for years. And so finally he wrote uh, whatever the disability is on that. So I'm okay. off of work and I won't, I won't be returning to work. Okay. And but the company has... Yeah, I'm still, for some reason, on the seniority list and everything. Okay, so, and they have your, they have money that you have in a profit-sharing plan, and you want access to that? Yeah, the Sun Life, I believe it would be, and they say you can't get it unless you're broke, unless, you know, you don't own anything. Yeah, that sounds yeah, interesting. Yeah, there's a word for it. Um, my suspicion, my suspicion, okay, is that you're on a medical leave of absence, okay? 
that your doctor said that you have to be off work and, and you are off work for medical reasons, but on paper, you're still an employee of the company you work for, okay? Right. And a, a lot of times with these, maybe it's a pension plan, especially, um, you can't access it until you know a retirement is triggered or a termination is triggered, the end of your employment is triggered in some capacity, okay? So what I would probably suggest is calling Sun Life again, figuring out exa exactly what they told you, or even more ideally, get them to send you an email, okay, about how you can potentially access the funds that are in the profit sharing plan or the pension plan or whatever it is, and why you can't do it now and what would have to happen for you to do so. After you do that, if you have any concerns and it doesn't really make sense uh, what's going on, then give us a call and uh, you know we might be able to help you. How long have you been off work out of curiosity? Off and on, say five years, and then got our last two or three years um, like completely. Okay. To work in three years, five years in between there, off and on. Okay, and, and how long have you been there total? Uh, 21. Okay, so Mike, what I'd like you to do is, you know, there's a couple options available to you in the sense of, you know, different things that we could actually probably do for you to potentially even get you severance or partial severance and, and, um, as a result of being off for so long. Uh, so I'd actually recommend you give us a call. Uh, John, uh, John will give us give you the number here and give us a call. We'll set you up with somebody and we'll help uh, walk you through this problem here, okay? Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks, Alrighty. Mikey. Appreciate that. Stay safe, brother. Here is the number. Give you a couple different ways, a number and an email. So write this down, one 821 5900 Again, Mikey, and for you as well, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Still got uh, some minutes here to call through if you have a question as well. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. In the meantime, we're going to be talking about uh, more points when everything you need to know about medical leaves. So someone's on a medical leave. Here's a perfect example. Uh, while they're on that medical leave, do they have to regularly update their employer on their condition? And, and what is regularly, I guess, is what we're trying to say. Well, I think that would be situational in the sense that, you know, what information was provided to the employer uh, upon that person going on the leave. So, for example, um, if that person got a note from their doctor saying, you know, you need to be off work from, let's say, February 1st until May 1st. The and then that note's provided to the employer indicating that this person should be off. The employer really should not be uh, contacting that employee uh, before May 1st, maybe a little bit before May 1st to check in and say, hey, you know, the medical note you provided to us indicated that you're only going to be off till May 1st. Are you going to be returning or do you have updated medical information for us? So really it's kind of based on the information available to the employer. And, um, you know, of course, if, if a note says you need to, this employee needs to be off for three months, the employer certainly should not be calling the employee every two days asking, hey, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? They should respect the fact that the doctor made it clear uh, the timeline which they need to be off. And unless they have reason to think otherwise, uh, they need to respect that. 
Again, you have a few minutes to call through here, so uh, work on it if you want. 416-870-6400 is the way to call through for the remaining time of this Monday night edition of the show. What should someone do if they aren't approved for uh, disability coverage, LTD, or their claims cut off? So if someone's uh, on uh, disability coverage, if they're receiving long-term disability and their claim is cut off, oftentimes the insurer will provide that individual with a um, with a, you know an appeal form. They'll say, you know, we cut you off, but if you think this is the wrong decision and you should be back on, then then fill out this appeal form and we'll see what we can do. Uh, very seldom does that work, and, and really it just delays the inevitable, which is the insurer confirming you're 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 done on our coverage. So if you are cut off, uh, the best thing you can do is speak to a lawyer about pursuing your entitlements under that disability coverage plan. And and that's something, as you know, uh, from our other program, especially that we, we deal with all the time, right? So that's people come in and have this issue time and time again, where their doctors support the fact that they can't work. The insurer says, oh, this person should certainly be able to work. They're cut off. What do you do? Uh, call, call us, essentially. Got time, I guess, to squeeze Scott in here. Hey, Scott, thanks for standing by for a moment. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, brother. What's on your mind? Uh, my daughter worked for uh, certain air- airlines uh, selling plane tickets, and um, she's been held off on her commission. She decided to quit her job because of the lockdown and all that. And so nice. um, she just wanted to know what's going on with their commission because they're saying it could take another year or so. Um, yeah, the, the you know, did she quit because she was not getting the commissions? She she quit because of the airline basically shut itself down, right? Right. And, so, I mean... She couldn't live off that. Okay, there, so... There was no commission at the time. But there's commissions that are owing to her. So what she might be able to do is go to the Ministry of Labor for that. Uh, typically, the Ministry of Labor is not always um, a great option for everything. I mean, she's welcome to first contact us if she wants to, maybe there's more to the story than meets the eye. So, you know, she's welcome to certainly contact us and see if there's something we can do to help her uh, after giving us more information. But if it's simply, simply a matter of there's wages outstanding that are owing, it's it's nothing to do with severance, nothing else, uh, simply just some unpaid wages, um, that could be a decent option there. Hey, uh, good uh, round of calls tonight. Appreciate everybody calling in. We're just running out of time, so I want to leave you with some information on how to get a hold of Andrew or a member of the team. It's really not that difficult. Here is the number you want to use, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900. The email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you simply go to employmentlawyer.ca, that will uh, send you links to how you can find as well our TV show. That's been running for quite some time. And finally, I'll leave you with this uh, this website as well, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's everything you need to know about employment law. Go there first, even before you call a lawyer, and it's absolutely free and anonymous as well. Done for tonight. Going to be back here on Wednesday night in the weekend shows, but stick around. Alex Pearson is coming right back with On Point. This is Global News Radio. 
The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.